0: Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I'm Jeff Carroll and this is the Soccer Fanatics. Thank you all so much for tuning in. I really appreciate anybody who's joining me on today's episode. I would like to first start out this episode by apologizing. I know I've not done a premier league episode in a couple of weeks i've been pretty busy so i apologize on being a couple weeks off but i figure those games have come and passed and so it's better to just start right off from from where i'm at now instead of trying to backtrack and get those get those episodes in so here we are with the most recent results uh the last game of of this set just finished uh less than an hour ago and at the time that i'm recording this um and frustrating game but we'll we'll get to that later um also as most of you have probably heard who pay close attention to the Premier league um manchester city's uh champions league ban two-year champions league ban was reversed they will now be able to play in the champions league uh for the next two years as long as they qualify as of as of this year they qualify for next season um, and that's just a really huge, huge deal for them and for their management and for their players, but also for other teams that are currently vying for a spot who thought that they, uh, they might have that fifth spot open uh, because Manchester City would not be playing the Champions League. But now that they are, it's going to be the top four as it usually is. And so that's going to be uh, very big uh, going forward in the next in the last three games, rather. Um, because the season's almost done, and it's going to come right down to the wire as to who qualifies for the Champions League and and who qualifies for the Europa League, and and it's it's going to be a tight battle. Um, but I'll I'll talk a little bit more about uh, Manchester City a little bit later. Let's let's start right off with the result recap and prediction roundup, where I tell you what the results were from this week's uh, set of games and how I did with my predicting. Um, I was pretty bad on predicting the games this week. Did not get very many right. Um, let's start out, uh, Start right out with the first game, Norwich versus West Ham. Uh, I had West Ham winning, and I was right. It was very one-sided, West Ham 4, Norwich nothing. Uh, with this result, Norwich has been relegated and will not play in the Premier League next season. Um, it's too bad, but they really... It's been a really, really rough season for them. They have had a couple of really shocking results. They beat Manchester City, and they beat Leicester. Um, But as a whole, it's just been a very, very poor season for them. They've not strung together any sort of consistency. It's been very lackadaisical. They really haven't shown a lot of drive to kind of stay up in, in the top flight of English soccer. And so... I I'm sorry for them, but you know somebody somebody has to get relegated, and they're they're the first team to do so. Um, West Ham, on the other hand, you know four nothing, a solid result for them. Uh, four goals by Mikel Antonio, um, his first ever hat trick, and four goal hat trick at that. Um, he is my player of the week for that four goal haul. Even against a team like Norwich to get four goals is is impressive, and he did good work there. Also, the fact that West Ham are still fighting for their safety. Uh, a big 4-0 result was important for them, not only to get the win, but to get those four goals, which might be very important for for goal differential going forward. So, yeah, West Ham beats Norwich. Uh, I was right about this prediction. It was one of the few I was right about. Um, and I have Mikel Antonio as my as my player of the week. Uh, on to Newcastle versus uh, Watford. Uh, Watford got the win for this one, 2-1. Uh, I expected it to be a tie, I was wrong. Uh, Watford, again, getting the win, a team that's fighting against relegation right now. Actually four out of the five, bottom five teams won this weekend. And so it was really impressive for them to get results to, to help boost their chances against being relegated. And so much like the Champions League and Europa League spots that are gonna come right down to the wire, I think relegation is going to come right down to the wire as well. So, a good win for for Watford, two penalties. Um, so certainly not the prettiest, but the penalties were were pretty fairly warranted. I think it was pretty clumsy on the Newcastle defenders um, who gave them up, and you know, fair fair result there. Not pretty, but it's not always going to be pretty. So Watford, Watford getting the win, win there. Uh, I was wrong. I predicted a tie, but Watford got the win. Uh, Liverpool versus Burnley. This was a a frustrating game for for Liverpool. Um, It was a 1-1 draw. I expected Liverpool to win. I was wrong. Uh, Nick Pope, the goalkeeper for Burnley, stood on his head. He had a lot of really great saves. Uh, He kind of as a whole is my save of the week because he had a bunch that I really could pick from. He had a lot of great saves. He had... A save in the top corner where he got two hands on uh, Mohamed Salah's volley Um, he had another Salah shot that he stuffed in the first half came out made himself big as goalkeepers are supposed to do Um, in the second half he had a a good top corner stop on uh, Sadio Mane so really really good work there from from Nick Pope Uh, frustrating for Liverpool to not get the win frustrating that they now do not have a perfect record at home this weekend, or sorry, not this weekend, this season. Um, so frustrating for Liverpool, but a good result for for Burnley, who are technically still fighting for a potential Europa League spot. Um, again, it's going to be a tough ask, but they they mathematically are still in that race, and so they're going to they're going to keep fighting. Um, now we go to a huge, huge result this this game is massive for, for both teams so sheffield versus chelsea i expected a tie i was wrong sheffield blank chelsea 3 nothing it was a very very impressive win sheffield didn't have an overabundance of chances but they took advantage of the chances when they came in the first half i think the two chances the two goals in the first half might have been the only two chances they had because they were very opportunistic, they were very organized, they were very disciplined, and when the chances came, they took advantage of it. Um, David McGoldrick, his first two goals of the season, good for him. Um, Chelsea, again, struggling with consistency. They've had some really great results since coming back, and they've had some games that they looked really good, but they've also had games where they looked really bad and they couldn't finish. And so uh, consistency is the problem for Chelsea. And this loss could prove costly in Champions League qualification. We'll, we'll see. Um, another note on Sheffield, they, since the restart, have, have looked a bit rocky, but have kind of grown into it, and, and they're still fighting for a Europa League spot. Um, Sheffield are currently in seventh place, so one place out of Europa League qualification, but they're only one pe- point behind Wolverhampton uh, for that last spot, so it's very important that Sheffield keep fighting. This was a very good result for them, and I expect them to, to keep fighting. Um, I do have Sheffield as um, one of two teams that I called my team of the week, and I also have Chris Wilder, the coach for Sheffield, as my uh, co-coach of the week. I have another uh, coach for that, but he, Chris Wilder, is one of my coaches of the week. Um, again, just the the planning, the execution was just done very well because again, they didn't have Sheffield didn't have an overabundance of attack or chances, but they just really took advantage when those chances came, and otherwise were very disciplined and organized in the game. Um, so good work for them and uh, bad, bad result for Chelsea. We'll, it'll be interesting to see how impactful this game is um, going forward with, with qualification. But um, going on to the next game, fairly straightforward. Uh, Brighton and Man City, I expected Man City to win. I was right about this one. They 5 nothing against Brighton. They've scored five goals in back-to-back games. Man City, they've had a couple of rough results, you know, losing against Chelsea and losing against Southampton since the restart, but those games aside, they've just completely blanked teams. They've been playing really, 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 really good football. Um, they've been scoring a lot. They've been looking very fluid. They've been looking very together, and I'm sure that now with the ban lifted and knowing that they can play in the Champions League next season, that they'll be feeling really good and really energetic, so they're just going to keep doing what they do. Obviously, there's... There's no real need for them to to push that much, in the sense that they've already qualified for the Champions League, and they've already held down second place, and so maybe they'll give uh, they'll give some of their academy products and some of their younger players a chance to a chance to play, but they also like to win, and so they're gonna they're gonna keep fighting to do that. Um, but a good result for them. Um, Next game, uh, Wolverhampton versus Everton. Uh, I expected the Wolves to win. I was right. Uh, 3-0. A little bit questionable on the opening penalty in the first half. I'll get more into that later. But a good solid 3-0 win for for Wolves. Uh, Again, they're still fighting for a spot in the Europa League. They're currently in sixth at 55 points. So they do have that last Europa League spot qualification to the Europa League second qualifying round that I clarify, but You know again They're at 55 points the team above them's there are two teams above them at 59 the Team above that is at 60 The teams below them are at 54 52 and 50 So everything's very tight at the top. So they're gonna have to keep fighting if they want to keep keep that Europa League space um, now <laughs> Uh, Raul Jimenez had what could have been an absolutely incredible goal um, that didn't quite come off for him. It was it was saved, but he took a touch off his toe, then off his knee, and then biked it, and it looked beautiful. Uh, didn't go in, but it would have been a special goal. But he still got a goal from the penalty spot, not as satisfying, but... Um, uh, a great player and I expect him to be to be huge in the next couple of games for um, For Wolves to see if they can hold down that last Europa League spot um, Aston Villa against Crystal Palace the next game uh, this again was a big game for the relegation battle uh, I had this as a tie but Aston Villa pulled out the win uh, two goals from Trezeguet and um, again the the relegation fight is real they are, the the relegation of the last two teams is not over yet teams at the bottom are still fighting so a good win for Aston Villa um, and again we'll we'll see how the the relegation battle shapes out but uh, next game huge game North London Derby uh, Tottenham versus Arsenal uh, I had Arsenal winning Arsenal. Uh, they win sometimes, but when they lose, it just always seems to be a bad loss. It never really seems to be like, a, oh, we looked good, but lot like Arsenal just—they're mm, just struggling. So Tottenham got the win, two-one, again, really big result for potentially Europa League spot. Tottenham's at fifty-two points. Arsenal's at fifty points. In um, eighth and ninth, so uh, Tottenham's two points out of the, or two places out of Europa League qualification. Arsenal's three places out of Europa League qualification. So a big result for Tottenham, uh, a very damaging result for Arsenal. And, and maybe n- neither team will end up making the Europa League, but this was a big game to, to help decide that. Um, so uh, a really good result there for, for Tottenham. Um, I do have in Arsenal's I guess one one bright spot I do have Arsenal with the goal of the week Alexander Lacazette had an Absolute rocket outside the box near post. He just smashed it into the top Um, So really really good goal for him, but I'm sure he rather would have had a result than than a goal So tough result for Arsenal and a very good result for Tottenham Uh, next the craziest craziest game One of the craziest games I've seen this season. Absolutely bonkers. So Bournemouth versus Leicester. I expected Leicester to win. I was wrong. Bournemouth beat Leicester 4-1. Now you think, oh, 4-1. They completely controlled the game. Not true. This game was a tale of two halves and it was messy. So let me me break down this game for you Uh, really quick. This is um, my game of the week just because it was so intense. Um, I also have Eddie Howe, the coach of Bournemouth, as my co-coach of the week, and Bournemouth as my co-team of the week, just because this was such a huge, huge result for them, and they really, really worked to get this result because at first it didn't look like it was going to be, they even had a prayer. Because in the first half, uh, Leicester went up one nothing. They outshot Bournemouth 10-1 to in the first half. Leicester was in complete control. Bournemouth were not threatening at all. It was not... It was a one-sided game. It really was just a one-sided game. And then Leicester started shooting themselves in the foot a little bit, and and Bournemouth really picked things up. So Bournemouth's first goal. Goal kick. Casper um, Schmeichel kicks the ball off of Wilford and Didi. It falls there to Callum Wilson and... Wilfred Ndidi brings down Callum Wilson on the box and gives away a penalty. Um, so just a bizarre, bizarre sequence there. Bad mistake there from from Schmeichel to give away the... to, to kick it onto his own player to not be able to clear that ball. And then Ndidi bringing down Wilson. Ndidi probably didn't have much of an option, to be honest. Uh, Wilson was there and on goal. And and Ndidi maybe felt like that was the only option he could have taken. Um You know, a couple weeks ago, Schmeichel did save a penalty. Uh, I believe it was against Brighton, and so maybe he thought he'd give Schmeichel a chance to do the same. Um, But uh, Junior Statenzlads took the penalty and tied it up 1-1. And then, I believe it was less than two minutes later, uh, Dominic Solanke, his first goal in 39 games for Bournemouth, um, a big money signing. He's been loudly plotted as... Uh, emerging star but just the last two two or so seasons just it has not worked for him again it's only it was only his first goal and 39 games for Bournemouth so he's been really struggling but here's the bizarre thing he gets the ball shoots it underneath Schmeichel and Schmeichel got something on it but it rolls in and then Callum Wilson and uh, Kragler Soyuncu were kind of both because the the ball the shot the pace was taking off of it and so it was slowly rolling in so Kyle Wilson and uh Kyle both kind of ran for it to to check to see kind of what would happen like could will did Wilson have to get a touch on it to put it in or could Soyanju get there to clear it away and what ended up happening is the ball went in and Wilson and Soyanju went into the net and you know Wilson's trying to trying to get the ball and Soyanju just kicks him, just completely loses discipline, loses focus, red card, correct decision, just a really, really bad moment for Sianchu there who normally is very reliable for Leicester. So at this point, Bournemouth's up 2-1 and it just keeps going from bad to worse. Uh, Junior status last, he comes in, takes a shot, deflects off the inside of the leg of Johnny Evans for an own goal. And then another mistake. I don't remember who it was off of, but a pass given away at the back. Uh, Dominic Solanke gets his second goal. Again, no goals in 38 games for Bournemouth. And then now in this 39th game, he got two. So really, really big result for him. Um, And again, this is a big result for the the table because Leicester now are uh, in fourth and level on points with Manchester United. They easily could have gone down into fifth if Manchester United had gotten a result today, which they didn't. Very frustrating game for myself as a Manchester United fan. But big, big drop points there for Leicester. Big, big gain points for Bournemouth who are fighting against relegation. But again, time will tell. A lot of these, it's so tough because a lot of these games, it's still coming down to the wire. The last three games of the season for so many teams are so huge. And so maybe the result will matter for Leicester and maybe they won't get a Champions League spot, or maybe they will. Maybe this result will matter for Bournemouth and they'll avoid relegation, or maybe they won't. It's hard to know. But that was a crazy, crazy game. Um, next and final game of the of the weekend. <sighs> it was so frustrating for so many reasons, Um, Manchester United versus Southampton, um, a 2-2 draw, I expected Manchester United to win, they didn't, I was wrong, they should have won, it was a 2-2 draw, it should have been 5-6-7 for Manchester United, they missed a lot of really, really good chances, Um, Martial was in on goal, and probably should have chipped the keeper earlier, and the keeper came out and saved it. Rashford couldn't hold his run. Had a goal called back correctly for offsides. Um, Rashford had a little give and go with Martial and Luke Shaw in the second half. Um, might have been the second half. Might have been the first half. Um, where it was. It was the second half. Sorry. Sorry about that. It was the second half. Um, but a little. A little give and go um, with with Martial and Luke Shaw, where the ball was poked away at the last second. Um, that corner kick, there was a cross that it looked like Maguire didn't even get up to head, but he didn't even try to jump for it. Maybe it was out of his reach, but I didn't see a replay on it. Uh, Martial had an incredible run in the second half where he won the ball off the Southampton player, and then he did a little dummy pass around... That's another Southampton player, and then he made another run, and then he just shanked his shot. You know, he ran from midfield all the way. He did all the tough things. He did the hardest things and then he just couldn't finish. And then Southampton, right at the end, off a corner kick, got the equalizing goal. Terrible defending there from Lindelof. He was behind his marker, and his marker just, you know, stuck a foot out, poked the ball in off a off a header. That was right towards him, and again, Lindelof just had to be had to be ball side of his of his mark, and he wasn't. Uh, really, really bad result there for Manchester United in a game at home that they should have won. And after Chelsea and Leicester dropped points, both losing, Manchester United could have been in third. They should have been in third, and especially now with Manchester City getting that uh, Champions League qualifying place. Every point matters so much more now. And so not getting that win and still being in fifth, not qualifying for the Champions League instead of in third, it makes it really difficult. Now, I still feel optimistic for Manchester United's chances for qualifying for the Champions League, but I'll go more into that later. But nevertheless, that was still a very frustrating, frustrating result. Um, But that's it for my... um, results recap and prediction roundup Uh, if you stick with me i'll move on to my next section where i go through of the week items such as team of the week as an individual players that have the best performances as well as top discussion points of the week where i'll be talking about the top four fight for the champions league the relegation battle and the decision on manchester city uh, having their champions league ban uplifted as well as controversies of the week and also will be some of our interesting discussions. So stick with me. All right, we are on to the of the week segment. Uh, let me first start out with, uh, with the team of the week. So in goal, I have Nick Pope, uh, again, he made Eight saves for Burnley against Liverpool. Some of them were pretty spectacular, so not not a hard choice there. He did really really well, and he's currently tied for first in league in uh, in shutouts with 14, uh, tied alongside Ederson of Manchester City. So he'll be vying for that uh, that Golden Glove. Um, but really good work for for him to keep out to keep out uh, Mo Salah and and Sadio Mane and just do a really good job um, against Liverpool. Uh, next I have uh, Toby Alderweireld, uh starting my defensive line. Uh, he got the winning goal against Arsenal for Tottenham. Header uh, off the corner kick, um, first home goal, second goal of the season. It's really good work for him. Uh, I wasn't able to watch a ton of this game, so I don't know how great he did defensively, but you know, only conceded one goal uh, against Arsenal. It was a good result, so I think that... Getting that one goal for him is is enough to get him a, a place in the in the team of the week. Um, also, going back to uh, to Burnley, uh, James Tarkowski, uh, he had an assist. It was the free kick. Um, he did not take the free kick, but off of the free kick, uh, he headed it over to to Jay Rodriguez, who had the the tying goal for for Burnley against Liverpool. Um, he also made a couple of good uh, challenges uh, on the defensive side, as you do as a defender. Um, just a couple good late tackles to, to keep to keep Liverpool out, cut out some crosses, so good work there. Um, I didn't really know who to put for a third defender. Defense was kind of hard to pick this week. Um, I'm just going to go with Yen Banderek for Southampton as much as it pains me. Um, he did have the flick-on header for Southampton's 90-plus-6 equalizer against Manchester United, um, and he had a couple of good cutouts uh, in defense on the other end. Um, in the midfield, uh, junior status last for Bournemouth. Um, he did have the uh, first goal uh, off a penalty kick, and then he caused the own goal where he took a shot that ricocheted off the inside of Johnny Evans's leg into the goal. So he was uh, very important for Bournemouth's uh comeback against Leicester. Um, I also have Trezeguet in the midfield for Aston Villa. He had two goals. It was the winning goals. it was a 2-0 result. So good work for him. Um, And then an interesting pick, someone that did not have any goals or assists, but uh, Lucas Moura for Tottenham. He just looked very lively. He made a lot of good runs. He had a lot of good passes in behind. He was just a pest. He just very much pushed against the Arsenal back line, and, and he did really well. Um, for not having any goals or assists on on this weekend, he he did really well to really make himself a nuisance and really influence the game. Um, moving on to the forward position, this is actually really tough Um I picked four forwards as I've kind of been going with it just because people have been so productive, but I have a bunch of honorary mentions as well. Um, First uh, and forward, uh, Mikel Antonio for West Ham. Again, four goals. That's that's bound to give you a spot on the team of the week. Um, Very, very good performance from him. Um, Also, Raheem Sterling, a hat trick for Manchester City. Um, And it's funny, it was a very... His last goal... The ball came up, and he was he was going down, and it came off his head and, and went into the goal for his third goal to get that hat trick. Um, so strange, strange goal there, but but the hat trick for Raheem Sterling, um, big big part of the of the five 0 win um, for Manchester City. So so good work for him. Uh, I also have Dominic Solanke again. His first two goals for Bournemouth, um, very important for for getting that win against Leicester um, outside David Goldrick for Sheffield he had two goals against Chelsea again his first two goals this season in 26 appearances so really good result for him um, and good result against against Chelsea but I have a couple of honorary mentions uh, and I'm just going to go through just really quick just give you the numbers to just put it out there plainly uh, Honorary Mention, Gabriel Jesus, one goal and two assists for Manchester City. Troy Deeney, two goals for Watford, both from the penalty spot, but goals nonetheless. Uh, min Sun, uh, one goal and one assist for Tottenham against Arsenal. Uh, Ollie McBurney, one goal uh, for for Sheffield against Chelsea, but his other shot that was saved um, led to what ended up being the uh, the first goal for, for David McGoldrick. Um, so good work there from from Allie McBurney um, But that is that is my team of the week um, Now let me move on to the top discussion points of the week I think the biggest thing that happened this week very obviously happened today uh, Manchester City the band that they had on playing the Champions League for the next two years was lifted now to be honest, I don't understand a lot of the minutiae of the details. Um, the reason they were banned is because there appeared to be a break in the financial fair play rules, as far as I understand it. Again, I don't know exactly what that means. Something to do with money. Um, but in review, it was determined that there was no uh, breach in the fair play rules. Um, they are still having to pay a fine. It was reduced from, I believe, $32 million to $10 million. Um, but they will be able to play in the Champions League uh, next season for sure as they've already qualified and potentially the season after that depending on how next season goes. Um, and that's the biggest talking point for a couple reasons. One, for them, they've looked really good since the restart, um, and so for them to have that opportunity I think is really important for them and their players obviously there's been talk about you know when the ban was still in effect what was going to happen with Pep Guardiola would he stay obviously Manchester City has a lot of really tremendous players would they stay what was going to happen so a huge huge thing for them to be able to play in the Champions League next season Um, I'm going to revisit this topic again in my next section uh top controversies of the of the weekend um but as far as the the straightforwardness of it i mean the band was lifted they will play in the champions league it's big for their players it's big for their coach and it's kind of leads me to my next point about the the fight for the top four i mean i look at you have liverpool and manchester city who've already qualified um and then the difference between Chelsea, who are currently in third at 60 points, and I'm trying to think here. Yeah, 59. Sorry, I just had to do some math. Uh, Math is not my favorite thing. Um, But you have Chelsea at 60 points in third place, and then all the way down to 10th place, you have Burnley with fifty points, and now obviously it would be inconceivable for uh, Burnley to win their next three games, and both Leicester and Manchester United. Actually, no, that would be impossible. Let's 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 ignore uh, Burnley and Arsenal for a second. They would have to win their next three games, and Manchester United and Leicester would have to lose their next two games. But it would just have to be by unspeakable margins for. Burnley and Arsenal to be able to get the uh, the Champions League's places. So, Burnley and Arsenal are still fighting for Europa League, but it's it would be pretty tough for them to get, <laughs> pretty impossible, rather, for them to get a, a spot in the Champions League. So, really, Chelsea, Leicester, Manchester United, Wolverhampton, Sheffield, and Tottenham are fighting for the last two spots in, in the Champions League. Now, obviously, Chelsea, Leicester City, and Manchester United have the best chance because they're at 60, 59, and 59, so they're very close, but Wolverhampton are at 55, Sheffield are at 54, Tottenham are at 52, like, it's all very bunched up, and, you know, the ban was placed on Manchester City a while ago, and I'm actually going to go more into that later, but... For a while, teams were thinking that it was going to be one, three, four, and five that had qualification to the Champions League, and then six and seven qualified for the Europa League. And so now, with Manchester City being reinstated, it's a lot tighter, and every point is so vital. And it'll be really interesting to see what happens. Um, I think that when I look at at least. Um, the three closest uh, Chelsea Leicester City and Manchester United Um, I look at what games they have left Uh, Manchester United has let me see if I can remember they have Crystal Palace West Ham and Leicester so I think that's a pretty manageable remaining three games at Leicester will be tough that'll be a really really decisive final game of the season um We've had some great things happen on the final game of the season in the past, and we've had we've had some heartbreak on the final game of the season. So I'm really hoping it doesn't come to that, but we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Um, Chelsea have oh, now. I need to remember. Chelsea play Norwich next uh, tomorrow, and that should be a pretty pretty surefire win for them. But then they play. Oh, I need to remember. I believe they play Wolves, Wolves and Liverpool, there it is, I knew I'd get it, Uh, they play Wolves and Liverpool, Uh, they have to play Liverpool first, so it goes Norwich, Norwich, Liverpool, uh, Wolverhampton, Um, and so, Wolverhampton and and Liverpool, those will be some tough games for them, Um, and then Leicester, Leicester have a, Leicester have a very heavy final schedule, because they have Sheffield, Tottenham, and Manchester United. So Leicester have are currently set to face uh, fifth, seventh, and eighth as their final three games. That's tough. That's a tough final schedule. So I give Manchester United and Chelsea the best chance to uh, to take the last two um, Champions League spots. But as has been proved, even just this weekend, anything can happen. Anybody can beat anybody. Anybody can lose to anybody. It's really, really up in the air as to what exactly is going to happen. So that's why every single point is is so precious. Um, and again, one thing that will be interesting, you know, with, with Sheffield at 54 points, um, will they be, you know, as, as, them being in contention for the Champions League, but but more more likely the Europa League, will they miss out on the Europa League by one or two points that they should have had in the first game of the restart where they had a goal not given because of a glitch with goal line technology that I still think is just absolutely outrageous because the VAR did not even look at it, didn't even try to figure out if it was a goal. You know, Are they going to feel robbed? Um, and so, yeah, that, that fight for the, the Champions League and the Europa League is going to be, is going to be really, really interesting. Uh, now my third discussion point of the weekend is, is the flip side is, is relegation. You know, Norwich has been relegated, but then you have Aston Villa with 30 points, Bournemouth with 31 points, Watford with 34 points, West Ham with 34 points and Brighton with 36 points. Um, so that fight for for safety is also, is also a big deal. Again, Aston Villa won this weekend, Bournemouth won this weekend, Watford won this weekend, West Ham won this weekend. So four out of the five bottom teams won with big results. And so that fight against relegation is also going to come right down to the wire. Um, so it'll be interesting to, to see what happens there. Um, now... That's it for my uh, discussion points of the week. I'm going to move on to to controversies. Um, This first controversy is... I'm trying not to let my Manchester United bias uh, come in here, um, but I think something that's worth talking about is the length it took to decide uh, Manchester City's appeal uh, against their ban. Um, the ban for Manchester City and for their involvement for two years for the Champions League uh, was issued on February 14th. Um, today is the 13th of July. So that is just about five months. Did I do my math right there? Um, that is. A very long time for the Decision to be made and again the thing is the decision was made with only three games left in the season So up until this point people are thinking. Oh, there's the ban uh, one Three four and five positions are gonna get a Champions League spot and so to not have a decision made until three games left in the season I think is a bit controversial because that could definitely change people's perceptions, the way people are playing, thinking that they're playing for a fifth place spot versus a fourth place spot. Now it's true that they all knew that there was a possibility of, of the band being overturned. And so they should have just been playing, assuming it would be overturned, but that's just so frustrating. I feel like now it's frustrating that the length took so long and how it affected teams and their preparations and their um expectations going forward with their uh, potential placement in the Champions League or the Re- Europa League but then there's the flip side obviously uh the COVID-19 pandemic hit and so there was a huge kind of gap there probably where discussions were not happening cuz people were just worried about about taking care of of COVID stuff and making sure that that people were safe, and and we didn't even know if the season would would continue or not, if the season would finish. And so I don't know how much COVID affected that. Obviously, it must have had a big impact. I have no doubt of that. I have no doubt that COVID had a big impact on the length of the, the discussion. But it's still frustrating that with only three games left, the ban has finally been overturned. Um, I feel like it's just puts other teams in a difficult position for for prepping and for for expectations with with placement, um, but that's neither here nor there. I don't really feel like there's a solid right singular answer. It's it's more about just kind of a frustrating circumstance. Um, but but that's that's all I really have to say about that. Um, now going into actual in-game controversies from the weekend. Um, Crystal Palace versus Aston Villa. Uh, Crystal Palace went up uh, 1-0 early um, off a goal from uh, Mamadou Sako. Uh, It was disallowed for a handball call. Um, This is something I was not able to quite grasp. Um, It came off of his shoulder as far as I know the shoulder is not the arm. You can play something off your shoulder. Obviously the ref saw um, saw it and thought it came off of his upper arm versus his shoulder, which you can't play it with your upper arm. You can play it with your shoulder, but you can't play it with your upper arm. Um, Now again, looking at it, to me it looked like it came off the shoulder. Um, I would have given the goal, but VAR, at it again, you know how it goes. Um, kind of a, again, uh, uh, individual decision for the ref to make um, where he kind of has to make a judgment call, um, interpretation. But I feel like it went off the shoulder. I feel like that goal should have stood. But that's that's just my opinion. Um, next, the uh, the third controversy of the week, and there is probably more than just, than just this. Um, I didn't get to see all these games, so I didn't get to see all the, the little fouls that weren't called or the, the decisions that went against people, um, but uh, the Wolverhampton's uh, penalty right at the end of the first half looked quite soft. Um, the Wolverhampton player, um, I think, did a lot. The other week, Bruno Fernandez did a spin uh, at the edge of the penalty area and spun into um a an Aston Villa player and, and went down and they called the penalty, which not only did it not look like a penalty, it looked like he actually might have fouled the defender instead. And I feel like this was fairly similar where uh Luca Digne for Everton was was right up on the on the Wolverhampton player. Uh Potence, I believe is who it was, um, but Potence kinda kinda leaned into him and, and and drew that contact and was looking for it and and I feel like uh, Luka Digne was was right up on him but I don't feel like he he made that contact I think Potence really uh, really was the one to to initiate the contact and to to draw the penalty for himself so it's frustrating it's frustrating that that is mentality that people have to to go down and whatever chance they get and to and to really just you know, do what you have to do to earn a penalty. It's really frustrating that that's what some coaches teach and that a lot of players have that mentality. It's really frustrating. It really takes away from, from the game. And I've seen it too many times in too many leagues with too many players. And unfortunately, there's not much to be done about it because people will continue to say, we just got to win. And unfortunately, as much as, you know, I wish everybody could only care about, you know, respect, and respecting their team, uh, the other team, and respecting the game, uh, people want to win, and so sometimes people will will do things and like like flopping uh, to uh, to to get penalties and and to get goals and to get wins, and it's frustrating. It's really really frustrating. Um, but that's it for my uh, my controversies of the week, and that's it for my of the week section. Um, coming up in the final section, I will give you my prediction for the next set of games that start start right again tomorrow with uh, with Norwich versus Chelsea so uh, stay tuned for my predictions all right everyone thank you again so much for for tuning back in to the show um, here for the the final section of today's episode I have uh, my prediction for the next set of games. Um, So first off, uh, tomorrow, the only game tomorrow, we have uh, Chelsea versus Norwich. Um, I have Chelsea winning this game. Yes, they've struggled with consistency, but Norwich have just been awful, especially since the restart. They've had no sense of urgency to stay up, and now, now being, being relegated, they, I mean, on one hand, you could say they're they're playing without fear because there's nothing that can be done at this point, and and maybe give maybe give certain people a chance to be like, okay, should should you get a chance next season? Should you be in the squad next season? Um, but they really don't have much to fight for. Chelsea, on the other hand, are fighting for a Champions League spot, and so I expect Chelsea to uh, to do the job. Um, Burnley versus Wolves. This is an interesting one because Wolves have had some good results since the restart. But Burnley have been known to frustrate people. They frustrated um, Liverpool uh, most recently. And Burnley can be a very frustrating team to play with the likes of, of Nick Pope in the back. Um, also, James Tarkowski has been really good this season. Um, so I have this as a tie. I think it'll be... Uh, uh, defensive, it'll be, it'll be tied on the defensive end for Burnley if they're to to get a result. Uh, Man City versus Bournemouth, um, I think it is admirable what Bournemouth did against Leicester, but it is very, very difficult to imagine them frustrating Manchester City in the same way, especially Man City just coming off the news that the ban on their Champions League participation has been lifted. They will be playing in the Champions League next season. They're going to be Absolutely stoked for that. They're gonna be playing with a lot of excitement and a lot of energy um, Next time Newcastle versus Tottenham. I think Tottenham getting that North London Derby win over Arsenal kind of pump them up. I think they'll be looking to win again Especially against a Newcastle side who you know mid-table don't really have a ton to play for Safe from relegation not gonna qualify for anything. I think Tottenham will have will have good drive to win this game Um, and let me actually also say, as I mentioned Tottenham, I apologize for not mentioning it, mentioning it sooner, but, um, a quick shout out. Um, unfortunately, uh, news was recently released that, uh, Serge Aurier, who plays for, for Tottenham, that his, his brother was shot and killed recently. So my condolences to the Aurier family and, and rest in peace to his brother. Um, I am hoping for for the best for their family to be able to to heal and to feel comfort from from friends um, and hopefully I have no doubt that the, the Tottenham team will, will rally behind uh, Serge Aurier uh, to support him during the, this difficult time so uh, rest in peace to, to Serge Aurier's brother and um, and and prayers and thoughts to uh, the Aurier family um, but yeah, I uh, I expect Tottenham to, to get the win in this game, um, and I I hope that the team's able to to really come together um, for for Serge Aurier during this during this difficult time. Um, next game, I have uh, Arsenal versus Liverpool. Um, Liverpool have had some struggling results recently, um, and I think they're going to be frustrated, even though they already have their Champions League spot, even though they already have the title. I still feel like they're gonna want to play with with energy and with and with drive because they have had some frustrating results, especially last week, uh, tying at home to Burnley. So I expect them to really rock Arsenal. Arsenal are struggling. Again, they they are having trouble with consistency. So I expect Liverpool to get the win. It will not be an easy win, but I expect them to get the win. Uh, Everton versus Aston Villa. Uh, a little bit of an upset city here. I actually have Aston Villa winning. Um, I think that they're again fighting for a lot more because they're fighting against relegation. And Everton have been kind of spotty um, since since the restart. So I expect Aston Villa to to actually pull out the win because they're really trying to fight against that relegation. Um, Leicester and Sheffield. This is my match focus of the week just because I feel like it's so it's going to be such an impactful game. Uh, Leicester at 59 points, Sheffield are at 54, Um, obviously we'll have to see what kind of other results will depend on where they end up in the table based on the results, but both teams that are vying for a potential Champions League spot, Sheffield more likely the Europa League, but still very possible to get a Champions League spot, Um, and I think Sheffield coming off a huge 3-0 win against Chelsea and Leicester coming off of a very disappointing 4-1 loss to Bournemouth. I think it's going to be two teams that are playing off of very different results, and I think it's going to be very exciting. Um, Moving on to to Crystal Palace versus Manchester United. It was a dejecting tie um, against Southampton today, but I expect Manchester United to get the win. I think that they're really gonna want to fight back, um, and I expect them to do so. So I expect Manchester United to get that win. Uh, speaking of Southampton, it's Southampton versus Brighton, the next game. Um, I have Southampton winning this one again. Southampton have just again they're they're safe from relegation, and they're not going to qualify for any European competition. So they're playing without fear, and they've looked good um, since the restart. They they have gotten some surprising results I mean the 2-2 draw just just recently versus Manchester United 1-0 win against Manchester City you know Southampton can bring the heat so I expect them to get that win um and the last game of of this this uh this set uh West Ham versus Watford this game is also very intriguing because West Ham and Watford are both on 34 points both fighting against relegation so I think this will be a big deal for both of them it's really hard to know. West Ham and Watford have each gotten some pretty shocking results uh, since since the restart, um, both in a good way and in a bad way. And so I'm just going to go with a tie here. It's hard to really know what to expect out of either of them, but either way, it's going to be a very intense match because they're they're both fighting against relegation. They're both on the same amount of points, so. Those are my predictions for the next set of games. Again, that starts uh, tomorrow: uh, Chelsea versus Norwich. Um, but I'm excited as as the title race is over, but but the Champions League and Europa League race and the the relegation battle still still rage on. I'm really excited to see what happens. So I'll uh, I'll keep updating you with with a couple more a um, couple more Premier League episodes. Again, as the Premier League winds down, I've also started on. MLS's back tournament so as this finishes you will still have content from me if you want to if you want to keep listening Um, and speaking of listening again thank you to anyone who's listening anyone who's tuning in I really appreciate the support I really appreciate the love Um, feel free to again share with your friends and family anybody who you think would enjoy it Um, but uh, one last time I am Jeff Carroll and this is the Soccer Fanatics